live here, guys. Good morning. Hope everyone had a good weekend. I'm jealous that you guys are together in Colorado and I'm not there. And the G-Men won yesterday, which is awesome. And the futures are pointing to a higher open after a pretty strong rally last week. Well, actually, last week was sort of a down week. It was all over the place. But futures are pointing to a higher open. You know, there's been headlines all weekend about stimulus optimism just coming right back. Pelosi claiming that she's optimistic that a deal will get done before election. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But I just want to kind of point out what I was just talking about with dad before you came on, Mike. This weekend, I was kind of looking at just the possibility of adding selling covered call options just to the swing trading strategy. And certain stocks that I'm in seems to make a lot of sense to do that. Like I was looking at Netflix and DraftKings, where if you basically look at the fall they came on, you could basically sell covered call options, which means you already own the stock. So you're selling call options at a price where you'd be comfortable to sell. And you could do them each week where they expire leading like to the upcoming Friday, where you look at DraftKings right now, it's trading at, you know, 44 and a quarter. You could look at call options that are at 50 that are basically paying or even 51 that are paying 50 cents per share and collect depending on how many shares you own 50 cents per share which is a little over one percent assuming that DraftKings doesn't go up six bucks this week and the beauty of it is if it does go up six bucks this week you're selling it you're getting the six dollar gain from it going up and then you're still getting the 50 cent premium and if it doesn't go up six bucks which is the more likely situation you're just keeping the premium so when i was doing the numbers on these since we're already you know, you and I have been big with swing trading. When you look at some of the moves we've made, this is just a dominant compliment. If we already plan on exiting a stock once it gets to a certain price in a short period of time. So that's something that I plan on kind of adding to the mix. I had to, I guess, apply to upgrade my account to be able to do that, which was weird because I've done a bunch of option stuff before, but that's where I'm at this morning. Yeah, I mean, it's always a good idea to mix it up. And if you're planning on holding DraftKings till 50, um, there's no downside in doing that unless they get a takeover. And then you gave it away, but you still made the six points. Which, let's be real, DraftKings is not getting a takeover at the valuations no. it's at. Yeah. yeah. But no. The reason you're getting to be able to sell it at such a nice premium is because people – are gambling in this market and by buying calls out a week that are trading at 50 cents and it's six dollars away you know what are the chances exactly know? but that's where it's so fascinating because if right. you take the time to research the stocks that are volatile but do make up moves and you feel comfortable basically holding on to a sizable position for a short period of time the action going on in the option game on basically the insurance you're collecting, as long as you're down to hold it through. You know, like Fastly is another interesting one. If you look at what happened last week, I know we talked about it a little, they came out, they withdrew their guidance, and they basically said that the numbers that they were pre previously reported weren't gonna happen. So what happens, they sell off 30%. Now there's definitely a ton of people who, and I haven't looked at them specifically, but I would bet that there's a ton of people that think Fastly is going to make a pretty quick move right back to where they were, which is like the 130s to yeah, 140s. I, I don't know where the uh, 90s are trading now, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're over a dollar, maybe a dollar and a half. 
based for on like this so, upcoming Friday. You mean, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So then when you think about it, you buy the stock and what's it at right now? What is it like 86? Yeah. 85, 88. If you were to buy it right now. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get, let's just for numbers sake, say you get a hundred shares. So you're spending 8,500 bucks to get a hundred shares. And then if it goes up to 90, that's a $5 gain. So you just made 500 bucks on the week plus an extra buck for the premium of the options. So that's 600 bucks. And if the stock just lingers around here, let's say it goes down to 82. But if you're in the camp that you think fastly just got blown out a little bit out of proportion, it's like the Twilio story with Uber back in the day, and they are going to bounce back, then it's an incredible value if you're down to just kind of hold the stock anyway. So I think that's a... Yeah, these options, I mean, they're, you know, there's companies out there that just play the volatility in the options and do this all day long. And the computer spits out the stocks that are overvalued based on how these stocks trade. Unfortunately, we don't have access to that kind of thing. But the one advantage you have as an individual investor is you could play names that don't have a lot of volume in the in the options and the institutions stay away from those. Now, I'm not saying Fastly or DraftKings are two examples of those. I mean, you'd probably have to look around. You could find a lot of them. I was looking this week and Netflix was a big one, but obviously their earnings are tomorrow. And it seems like people are expecting the earnings to be really good when you look at how expensive the options are. And also they get upgrade after upgrade, which to me scares me about their earnings, but that's a whole nother story. But then you look at a stock like Boozy and they're obviously way less volume that's traded in Boozy. But at the end of the day, it seems like, and dad, correct me if I'm wrong here, but stocks that trade on way smaller volume, they don't have as frequent expiration dates with options. Yeah. And usually a, like a $5 stock like Boozy, I don't know. They may have options, but um, they're not going to be active. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, yeah, like a DraftKings, you could look at options weekly, whereas a Boozy, it's almost like quarterly. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure you could sell. I, don't, I have to look at Boozy to see. I looked. You could sell basically November call options for like six and change. For the, There was something nice in November, but for what I was looking to do, it didn't really make sense because I'm looking to possibly start doing weekly selling covered calls weekly that just expire that Friday. Like I said, I'm positions that I'm already looking at at swing positions. Like yeah, well, you I really have, want to do it on an Apple, but I do want to do it on a DraftKings. Right. So. You have to be careful of um, earnings coming out or, you know, other events in between. You know, that's the one thing that adds a lot of volatility and would also add a reason for the options to be much higher than you would think. And the beauty of it is, and unless I'm reading this wrong, but the only, there's two downsides. One is if you're doing a covered call, you're obviously stuck in the stock. You're not stuck. You can obviously get rid of it, but you're sticking with the stock. So if the market gets iffy and you want to change things around, you're not doing that. And then like dad said, if the stock blows through, like what happened with Twilio that one year, you're selling the stock you're missing out on possible hundreds of dollars worth of gains. But if your strategy is already short-term swing trading, like a Microsoft, you're picking it up at 200 and then you're looking to get rid of it at 240 to not do that. To me, you're just leaving money on the table, which is now what I'm starting to realize, but let's get into some of the movers of the morning here. 
Um, I mean, for starters, I don't know if this gives a little bit of hope to the energy sector just for possible mergers and acquisitions, but ConocoPhillips is going to buy its rival in an all-stock deal valued at $9.7 billion, and it's uh, Concho. That's the rival. So, you know, that just shows that there's some action happening in the energy sector. Maybe something like that will happen with BP. What are your thoughts on that, Dad? Is that a is that a big deal or is that kind of just... I, you know, I didn't really look at it. I think you're going to have a lot of consolidation in the energy because it's such a tough business right now. And they're just looking the, you know, they're looking way out in the future and trying to figure out strategies. Um, you know, one thought with these stocks that are going down, like BP, um, is playing the option market there also to pick up money while you're losing money. So if you're long BP long term and you are able to sell even the 17s or 17 and a halves for a month, which seems like a huge move for the stock right now, at least you collect premium and you can do that every month. And maybe if the stock does nothing for the next six months, you could pick up five or six points. You could almost argue it's better if a stock does nothing. It's such a, depending on how many shares, that's another thing. But yeah, then another stock that we talk about pretty frequently on here for good reasons, AstraZeneca. They're one of the COVID-19 vaccine plays. And there was an article that came out in the London Times saying that they're doing a mass rollout being developed by Oxford University that should be available sometime shortly after Christmas. So, you know, it it seems like they're definitely going to be one of the main COVID treatment vaccines, or not treatment, COVID vaccines. So that stock continues to be a look. Let's see what they're doing pre-market. They're not really moving much. I mean, at this point, it's kind of baked in. Yeah, and it's also, that's an example of one of those stocks. They have a huge pipeline. This is only a minor part of their business going forward, and they're not going to make a lot of money on it. So the big names like AstraZeneca, Glaxo, J&J just will not react that much when they do have a development in this area. The individual biotech names are the ones that you can get a real move in, as we've seen time and time again. Yeah. You know. Another thing that I saw that – struck just kind of came up on my radar was there was some insider buying at carnival cruise line so that's always interesting you look at that stock it's trading at like 14 it's up a little this morning it's been yeah i kind of like carnival here me too yeah and kramer is adding to his boeing position is he yep this morning yeah i mean boeing i i did sell some stock above 170 on uh you know, well above 170 on Friday. And I'm looking to buy back below 165 now. So that's my new range, 165, 175. This trades in 10 point (laughs) ranges, it seems like every week. Kramer's thesis on Boeing like a week or two ago when it was about $20 higher than it is now was that it's good for an $100 swing trade. And this was, again, when it was $20 higher than it is now. He said every ounce of good news from here on out is going to be a $25 move. But I don't agree with him on that, but 
Yeah, well, if you're following Kramer with Boeing, that's kind of where his mind's at with that. So we'll see what happens there. And back to the CCL thing, you know, when you look at where Carnival Cruise, I, I don't want to say where they once were because I know that's somewhat irrelevant. But it's a different company now, definitely yeah. irrelevant. But yeah. what I was going to say is it seems like an interesting candidate for a buy, swing, slash, sell, covered call option play where you look at Car uh, Carnival Crew Line, and I haven't actually looked at the values on them, but you look at where they're at now and you start doing weekly values that are like 10% up, I feel like those are going to be really, really high premiums just because it's one of those Robin Hood stocks that people are constantly chasing. Similar with American Airlines, even though I don't like them as much, which they just reported that they saw over a million passengers. I don't know if it was this month or just in total since COVID or what they were specifically talking about, but the airline industry continues to build back up if you will. Yeah, I mean, you could look at the charts since March and Carnival Cruise and talk about volatility. I mean, it went from um, like $8 up to 19 and then back to $8 all within a month. So that's an example of what you can get in a Carnival Cruise. And now it's kind of just stuck in no man's land. Yeah, trading around 14 which but it seems to be a good level for it. And on any good news, I, I think you get back to 16. Yeah. I mean, this seems to be one of those stocks where once they actually come out with the vaccine, I mean, people are definitely pumped to get back on cruises. I, there's no doubt that this industry is not going to die. It's yeah. just a matter of when they set sail again. And once that's announced, you know, you missed the trade. So what I find interesting is what Gottlieb said today about the vaccines. He said, you know, the early people to get it are going to be old people and people that have conditions. And if they get it in early January to February, then it'll take another month to two months before they're, they built up the antibodies from that vaccine. So you're really looking at March to April before, you know, there's an effect of the vaccine. And that's just with one category of people. So we're probably looking at next summer before people are starting to really see the effects of a vaccine, um, you know, lowering numbers and people being less concerned. Well, to be honest, I've always thought that just based on what you're saying and what you've even said in the past, that it's almost more important to get good drug treatments than a vaccine, where yeah. if you know you're going to get sick and you know there's something that truly does work, you're going to be less afraid to just live your life knowing like, all right, there's at least something out there that's going to make me feel okay. Yeah. Like, and you're talking about that too, that right now the the thing that will make you feel better or do better is this infusion that you have to be in the hospital for. Um, and it's a three hour infusion and they have to do that a few days in a row, I believe. And um, I don't know if I get that done. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's fine if you're president Trump, but I don't know about Joe Schmo. No, for sure. And then, uh, Mike, I know you're always talking about CVS. I don't know what they're doing this morning, but this is just an interesting play for them. They're planning to hire 15,000 employees because they're basically trying to do 
COVID-19 vaccines in CVS, like through their pharmacy technicians. Yep. It's the beginning of the next rush with pharmaceutical delivery, I think. I, I think CVS is, you know, it's still under 60 bucks. It's definitely a good buy here for what they're actually doing. They're at a partnership that we've brought up here in the past. I, I'm definitely a fan. Because they're going to be trading as a different type of sector soon, as they have been. Yeah. And then <clears throat> AMC, they continue to open up more movie theaters in more states. I don't think they're necessarily out of bankruptcy fears yet because their stock looks like it's heading to zero. But that's, you know, a stock that continues to pop on any sort of positive news that they're going to make it. So they said this morning that they plan to resume operations in New York State. And at that point, it'll be operational in 44 out of the 45 states it operates in. And saying that, though, I think I saw something this morning that just kind of implies that people aren't really going to movies that much and that the sales are struggling. Yeah, it's hard to imagine people are going to movies when there's so much that you could do on your own TV. And, uh, it, you know, that I think that industry was going the wrong direction to begin with. Yeah. So those are the main movers on my list this morning. Dad, you got any upgrades or downgrades that you're looking at? Um, I haven't really seen much on the upgrade downgrade list, but um, I like the way U.S. Steel acts. It's now back above nine again. Wow. Um, I'm just going to take profits every 20 cents or so on that. And I think there are. Their earnings are out uh, the end of the month here. So I probably want to get my position at least cut in half by Is the that time. A price that you think it can get to short term that you're looking at? Well, yeah. If you look at the chart, you could see the high recently on steel. Let's take a look at the 1059. Well, you know. I don't know how recent you're talking about. Nine and a quarter, and then before that, it did get up to almost eleven. But um, I don't. I'm not expecting that. I I would think uh, mid nines to ten would be a nice level of this thing to get it out of quite a few. Yeah, that's been a great trade for you. I have not owned any of it, but it seems like that's done well. I mean, you know, there's just there's better steel stocks to own, but I. Just had a feeling this one gets more play because of the name and the price. But it's a high-cost steel company. So there's better ones out there. I don't know which ones are better necessarily, but um, I do know that it costs them more to produce steel than other companies. I'll tell you who actually did get an upgrade this morning was Snapchat by Keybank, they continue to get upgrades. So they got a target raise to 35 bucks per share. Oh, I see that, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I uh, added a little bit to Snap early last week just because I, I still think they're kind of in their early stages of going on a much bigger run here. But obviously I could be way wrong. And then we have Netflix earnings tomorrow. That's a... Uh, really the biggest company that 
and I think I could have missed one or two, but the biggest company I've seen that's reporting like within the next 24 to 48 hours and hard, you know, hard to imagine that their numbers are bad. Um, the only thing you got to wonder about is their outlook, you know, what they'll say. Which you got to think their outlook's going to be somewhat decent considering that as of like the last three days, they're talking about jacking up prices. So I don't know if that's going to be one of the things they talk about, how they're increasing the price. And to me, that's where Netflix just has so much room to run because I look at it like the membership price could, you know, more than quadruple in a very short amount of time and they're not going to lose anybody from it. Yeah, you know, it's always hard to cancel these uh, subscriptions. I think about Sirius Radio. You sign up for six months or 12 months at these really reduced rates and then – uh, it immediately goes up if you don't call in to cancel. And I don't know how hard it is to cancel with Netflix, but if they took up any of uh, Sirius's strategies, they, they'd probably do even better. Yeah, and I think they're priced so fair right now that, you know, if they keep increasing it like a dollar every few months, it's going to be a really long time before anyone's like, okay, this is starting to get ridiculous. That's, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I do think that a lot of people just ignore those monthlies that come in going up all the time. Yeah, I will say that I own Netflix right now, and I, I, don't, I don't love when right before earnings, it's just one upgrade after the next, and it seems like on the upgrades, the stock just keeps kind of selling off. I don't know what that means, if maybe like behind closed doors – it's just institutional money getting out on these upgrades, but yeah. like, why would they be doing that if the earnings are going to be that good? You know what I mean? But then again, this stock is well off of its highs, which maybe does set it up for a big quarter. It's tough to know. What are your thoughts? I mean, I know we talked about their chart a little last week. You said that they could either break through the levels that they're at now and go to all time highs or, you know, come way back down, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> Their stock is just in like no man's land right now in these mid-ranges. It's really tough to know before earnings. I mean, you could go back and look at how it reacted at all the other earnings to give you some indication. Um, it ran up before last quarter and then came down hard, but then it came right back. It's really where it was last quarter, isn't it? It's almost at the same place. Yeah. We've got Chipotle earnings this week, too. That should be interesting. Yeah, I think we have a lot of big earnings this week. Oh, yeah, Chipotle. They got an upgrade this morning, I saw. I don't know who gave it to them, but they did get an upgrade. That's CMG, right? They're trading yep. on like zero volume this morning. But another company that got an upgrade that we've never talked about on this show is Hershey, the chocolate maker. We've talked about them. We have? I've owned Hershey. Gotcha. Well, they are trading at one they haven't had any volume this morning but they get they did get an upgrade so that'll be an interesting more chocolate what'd you say people are eating more chocolate people love chocolate no doubt about it what's been um always eat more chocolate no question (laughs) zillow is getting interesting under 100 now yeah their earnings are in a couple weeks I like, like Zillow. Yeah. Interested to see where that heads here. 
the problem, like we always say, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise anyone if the stock was down at 80 as much as a, if it went to 120, it wouldn't surprise you. I know. It's impossible to predict with any certainty right now in some of these names because they've moved up so much. I mean, yeah, I also think people like don't really have their hands wrapped around Zillow's future, their business model. It's kind of like an unknown. There's a lot of people that love what it could turn into. And, you know, at any quarter, they can really catch people off, catch people by surprise for the good or the bad. So, you know, we've seen, it seems like lately when they do have their quarter, their stock spikes like crazy, but that could always not be the case this quarter. And every quarter I remember with Zillow, it's been an absolute home run. But again, I don't remember every quarter. <laughs> yeah, they haven't all been home runs. Yeah. Now, if I was Zoom, I'd be offering secondary stock like crazy. That stock is on another run here in no man's land. Yeah, it really is. I wonder if it'll get all the way up to 600. They got a bunch of upgrades last week, and just seems like these big tech stay-at-home names are just kind of taking over again as people realize that COVID's not going anywhere. It's getting out of control again in Europe. It's obviously going to be a rough winter. That's what everyone's saying. Fauci, Gottlieb, they're all getting everyone ready for the winter. Um, and the numbers are going up everywhere. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So Another, uh, not good. Company that's announcing their earnings today that I think we've talked about a few times on here, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be a good quarter's pet med. Tickers, huh. pets. That could be nothing but good, I, you know, unless they screwed up. Like, to me, this is going to shoot to the moon. I'm looking at their chart right now, and it, it just seems like, I don't know, like this is a hot industry right now. People are buying a lot of pets, and the stock caters to that. So you guys think this could be a big quarter? It's also a name that no one really talks about. It's just all of a sudden you're going to hear the earnings from pets. And yeah, I, I, I know nothing about them, but I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. Anything with pets, truly, you know, the whole group, Chewy, pets. Yeah, uh, Chewy's crushing it. They've more than doubled really since, I don't even want to say since the beginning of the pandemic, since like two months ago. That company's doubled in the last two, in the last two months. Them in Peloton, it's been absolutely incredible what they've accomplished so pet med express doing business at 1-800 pet meds is a pet pharmacy company markets prescriptions and non-prescription pet medications and other health products for dogs and cats direct to consumer i mean this company's going to kill it now are people using pet meds for themselves <laughs> i'd hope not i think they do i think there's a lot of people that find out what's equivalent and it costs probably twice as much for a human. And they that's, end up uh, it for themselves. That's sick. I hope people aren't doing that, but you're probably right. They're probably eating dog, that. Food and dog food, so they're probably doing that too. ZTS is another one to look at with pets, with uh, manufacturing and commercialization of pet health vaccines and medicines. They were a Pfizer spinoff in the pet health enterprise. Hmm. That could be 
a good one. So Fresh Pet's another one to look at, FRPT. Yeah, I'm sure there's an ETF somewhere that covers the whole pet industry, but I don't know what it is. I'd rather just pick individual plays there than an ETF. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to not like Chewy in that industry, even though their stock's gone on an insane run. I don't really like them at these levels, but just like in general, long term, it seems like a company that is going to crash. Yeah, and let's not forget what's been going on with Hertz over the last two days. Oh, man, I was thinking that Carl Icahn must be losing his shit. <laughs> Uh, 37 million shares so far today, which is nothing compared to what the volume was on Friday. I think it was what 500 million, something like so that. So what? They just got a loan, right? They secured they over a billion dollars. Yeah, and I don't know how this affects the stock price, other than you know, it gives people thinking, you know, the idea that oh, now it's okay. But I don't think it. It probably isn't. It's probably a great short again, back into the under a dollar range. Yeah, I'm sure it'll eventually work its way back to a dollar. It's just who the hell wants to be short this thing when everyone's uh, <laughs> thinking it can go to 10. Yeah, you speaking know? of shorts, I will say, Mike, the short interest in GameStop is reduced to like a normal stock. It's only like 10%. Well, yeah, that's because that thing is getting ready to be a growth stock and the shorts ran for the hills like for good reason. But that also can mean the stock comes off because you, yeah. you lose that buyer of the mm -hmm. short. Um, that's typically what happens when a stock short interest goes down dramatically. And speaking of short interest being somewhat high, it's pretty high at this point in DraftKings, which is probably why that stock is all over the damn place. It's like any time it starts to pop, you get shorts that are covering and then they come back in. Well, I mean, the uh, short interest there, Ben. What I think like twenty five percent. Yeah, the problem is that this stock trades so much that anyone who's short could cover it in one day. Twenty nine percent, even though it's extremely high, and they're anticipating more shares coming on the market. That's why they're short. Um, so it's a bizarre story right now. Yeah, it's one of like the higher short interests of stocks that I at least follow. Virgin Galactic is another one that's pretty high, twenty nine percent, for good reason, if you ask me. But yeah, in this stock, I mean, it could come down another few points, no question. But it should run into some real support. Very. We talking about DraftKings or Virgin Galactic? I'm still looking at DraftKings. I mean, yeah. this has been the most severe move it's had. Probably in its history. 30% sell off in 10 days. Yeah. I mean, it had a 44 to 28 back in um, June. And so, I'll tell you what's held up great while DraftKings is shit to bed is Penn, which is no shocker. You yeah. Got, you know, everyone loves Penn. Penn also isn't really just a pure gambling play. They have casinos, but they're at 71 this morning. Wouldn't shock me if you see them under 70 at some point today. It's a great stock to watch and three minutes after the open short. All right. Well, follow us on Market Ma Rolling Market Mashup on YouTube. Subscribe and uh, have a great day. Much going back to bed. I, I definitely am. I need an <laughs> hour of sleep. <laughs>